It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. I'm recording this episode on July 4th, 2022. There's a little bit of noise outside from some of my neighbors, but you probably won't be able to hear it. I actually think it's kind of nice. It's the sound of people laughing and having conversations. Hopefully there's no intense music and it's a little too early for fireworks, so we should be good. But I'm always very conscious about noise, especially because they record in front of a window. I do that because... I like sitting here. It's very comforting. I like seeing the sky. I have these windows that go all the way to the ceiling and I can just see so much sky because the buildings only go maybe like to a third of the windows. Or wait, is that right? Yes. The buildings are about a third of the window and then two thirds is just sky. And today it's perfect blue sky, sunny. I was out for a little while running some errands and it's like the perfect temperature, probably in the the late 70s. So it's not too hot, not too cold. I don't really have anything planned for the 4th except I'm grilling out some food. I wanted to have the Beyond Burgers, but they were sold out at the store I went to. So I got the Impossible Burger, which I really enjoy. It just kind of messes with my stomach. And I'm trying to be really careful because I'm leaving for my upcoming trip to Costa Rica in Singapore, as I talked about in last week's episode. So I've been trying to be really mindful of my stomach. And it's tricky sometimes. This is not what the episode is about, but I just feel challenged with food. I always have. You know, it's a big part of my story. And even though I'm vegan, gluten-free, I have all these food sensitivities. They're hard for me to avoid. Uh, Soy, for example, which is in the Impossible Burger, just doesn't make me feel very good. But every once in a while, I just crave things that have soy or I even just crave tempeh or tofu. And so I'll have them and then have to kind of work my way through any reactions to it. I have been taking probiotics more frequently recently as a way to boost up my immune system before the trip. So I think that's actually helped a lot. I also started experimenting drinking organic aloe vera juice, which I just heard some people talking about on TikTok and thought, this is interesting. And I got the juice from Trader Joe's where it was pretty affordable. It's still kind of expensive. It's this huge bottle for $10, but it was all organic, very simple. Just I think aloe vera and lemon juice was in it. And I heard that it was good for immunity and your skin and your gut. So I gave it a try. I haven't really noticed a big difference, but I really like the taste. It's got this nice kind of tart, interesting flavor to it and not a texture I was expecting. I thought it would be like kind of thick and slimy like aloe, but it's really watery. Anyways, I'll keep you posted if I notice any difference from that. But I hope that if you did decide to celebrate 4th of July in whatever way made sense for you, that it was a really nice time. You're hearing this episode at least two weeks after 4th of July, so it probably feels like a distant memory. But as I always say, towards the end of my episodes, I would love to hear from you. I love hearing your stories. I want to know more about you and your life. This is one of the big perks of my private community, Beyond Measure, which you're always welcome to join. 
It is a place where I connect with people like you. They connect with each other. We all learn from each other and share stories. And it's just one of my greatest joys. If you're interested in it, I will link to it in the show notes for this episode at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. A little side note too, since I started recording this episode, I'm thinking about the show Only Murders in the Building. I don't think I mentioned that I started watching it recently. I actually gave it a try last year in late 2021 and didn't feel it into the show, but I kept seeing references to it, especially because the second season recently started. And I started watching it from the very beginning and fell in love with this show. And if you don't know about it, it has a big focus on podcasting. That's one of the big parts of it. It's a true crime podcast specifically. It's got an incredible cast. It's on Hulu. And if you haven't tried it, I encourage you to watch at least three episodes. I found like maybe towards the end of the second episode, I started to really enjoy it. And so far, the second season's really good. Also, I was talking at the beginning of this episode about being sensitive to sound. And I had mentioned in my solo episode last week that I was thinking about buying these earplugs these reusable earplugs from this company called Loop. And talking about it in that episode actually inspired me to pull the trigger. I'd been thinking about these earplugs for a while. So I got them. I'm going to hold them up for the YouTube video, which, by the way, if you've never watched the YouTube channel, there are videos for most episodes, including all the way back towards the beginning. There are some at the very beginning of the show that I haven't uploaded because before... The pandemic started, Jason, my former co-host, and I used to record them with like a really fancy camera and they were in like 4K resolution and it became this huge ordeal because the files were so large and I haven't uploaded every single one of those. Maybe one day I will either myself or hire somebody to help. Because even today, with this super simple system I have through Zencaster, the tool that I use to record my episodes, I still find it really hard to get the videos up. I have been thinking about asking the team that helps me with the show notes and the audio editing to assist with the videos. Maybe I'll get around to that. That's through this company, Podetize, who's amazing. I love them. I actually consult with them on their social media. But anyways, this little behind the scenes. My point being that you'll be listening to this episode likely far in advance of when the video comes out because I'm several months behind. Actually, now that I think about it, I think I'm like at least six to nine months behind in the episodes. But my goal is to catch up so that anybody who's interested in seeing things like these loop earplugs can. Of course, you can go look them up or check out the show notes right now for this episode. And I will link to them using my affiliate link. So if you decide to get them too, I'll receive a small commission for my referral. Anyways, with no further ado, I'm showing them up on the screen right now. They are much smaller, more compact than I thought they were going to be. I ended up getting the Loop Experience Pros. They have three different types. The Experience Pros were the more expensive version. They cost $35, which I didn't think was too bad because I started reading all of these reviews of people with autism, ADHD, various types of neurodivergence and sensory issues raving about them and and recommending the Experience Pro. But I also heard great things about the other models too. So because of the return policy, you can safely try something out and return it if you don't like it. 
So far, I really like them. One big perk of the Experience Pros is that they come with a little carry case and they're really pretty. I got this rose gold color. The other big perk is that they come with different adjustments for the ear so that you can control the sound. So far, it's taking me some getting used to. First of all, they have like different sizes. So I'm not quite sure I have the size on YouTube. I'm showing what they look like inside. I think they look really cool, (laughs) but they definitely stand out, especially this rose gold. You can get them in black, white, and I think regular gold. But I got them for my upcoming trip. Because as I was talking about in last week's episode, I have sensory challenges and that is what I suspect to be part of autism and or for me at least because I've been trying to figure out my neurodivergence. I wanted to try these out to see if they work as well for me as they do with other people with autism and ADHD that really can help you focus, can help reduce noise. And at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned how the sounds of people laughing and talking, while it's very pleasant, it's distracting to me and my attention will be pulled. And then when I'm recording the podcast, for example, I get really nervous about it affecting you because I'm so sensitive to it. I don't want to distract you or bother you. Of course, on the airplane, you know, babies crying on in the airport, people shouting or talking. One thing that I'm also curious if these earplugs will help me with is that I really feel uncomfortable when, strain, when I'm around a lot of strangers. And I don't fully know why. I've always had this pet peeve. And for now I'm thinking, whoa, maybe this is a sign of, of being on the autism spectrum. Huge pet peeve about strangers walking really close behind me. I can't stand it. Even talking about it in this moment kind of makes my skin crawl. It's especially if they're talking. If they're just walking behind me, it's not like necessarily them being close to me physically is bothering. It's the it's the noise. And oh, I'm probably not going to talk about it for very much because it's already irritating me. And I just thought, oh, this is just a quirk, a pet peeve of mine. But things like that are actually very common for ASD, autism spectrum disorder. So yeah, I'm curious to see. I'll keep you posted. I'm so excited to do an episode after I return from my trip. And today, as I prepare for this trip, I have to say I am experiencing a lot of anxiety. So I want to talk a little bit about that and then something else not related to the trip that I've been wanting to talk about today. And that is is tied to what I believe. It must be anxiety, but I'll get to that in a moment. moment. A few hours ago, actually like five hours ago, I was grocery shopping, mostly getting food for tonight, 4th of July food stuff that I'm doing and also getting some things for before I leave for my trip and maybe a few snacks. I mentioned, I think, in last week's episode how I'm really bummed after hearing about what's going on with COVID right now on airplanes. It's been recommended by people who are really COVID conscious to not eat on the plane. And that's a big bummer because I love eating on the airplane. I love packing snacks. I find that so satisfying. Every airline or every flight I take, I will like think out like, okay, what would make this flight more enjoyable? First of all, with all my food preferences and sensitivities, a lot of the meals that they serve, if they serve them on a plane, don't really work for me. And then you will usually have to buy food on the airplane or in the terminal, which can be very expensive. So I try to think about 
What can I bring that's cheaper? What can I bring that's really going to fit my dietary needs? And what can I bring for wherever destination I'm going? Because just food's big for me, right? Anyways, I think there's also some sensory elements to this and maybe the dopamine, especially for ADHD, learned that it's common to go to food to get like a rush of dopamine and, and feel pleasure especially if you're having a low point. So I'm a little nervous that not having the sensory experience of chewing food, not having the the pleasurable experience of that, I'm afraid that's going to make this flight challenging for me. And I think I was thinking about that when I was in the store today and I felt this wave of anxiety come over me. And it was really interesting because it felt like I had and still have five hours later, butterflies like or like a what's the term a pit in my stomach. Like I just feel tense and off and uncomfortable. And I was trying to figure that out as I was shopping. Like why was the shopping triggering this? And I'm sure all of those thoughts that I just shared were subtly playing in the background of my head. And I also felt all this pressure at the store to like pick the right foods and figure out my whole plan. For example, I've planned to eat something really hearty and filling right before I get to the airport so I can keep my mask on for as most of the time as possible. That's, again, what's being recommended. And it's another bummer, like not even safely being able to eat in the terminal. And this might seem extreme, but even today, I somebody I know just came back from an international trip and got COVID. And this person has been incredibly cautious. And they think that they got it on the airplane because of the way the timing worked out. And I just felt like so bummed about that. Like, wow, if that person got it, my chances are probably pretty high. That gives me anxiety because I really don't want to get COVID. It could also ruin my trip, like get in the way of me coming back. Like my brain just started like spiraling, right? So I'm carrying around a lot of heaviness and... Then I started packing. <laughs> I'm working on some videos for TikTok and probably Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, all those different platforms that allow for those short style videos. And I wanted to do a series of packing videos. Oh my gosh, I was like kind of, what's the term I want to use here? <laughs> I was going to say horrified, but that's very extreme. I was surprised, let's put it that way. <laughs> how much stuff I have planned to pack. I've been thinking about these two international trips for at least a month and just slowly buying some new things like the loop ear earplugs, which are luckily really small, planning snacks until I learned, if, you know, in the past week about the COVID stuff. And then, you know, just gathering my all my existing stuff together and, and in my head thinking through the packing and where things will go. go. So as I was recording these videos, I started to feel even more anxiety because <laughs> first of all, there's so much stuff. And here I was thinking, oh, this is great. Packing and traveling gives me an opportunity to be minimalist, right? And certainly it is because I'm packing carry-on only. I have my personal item, which is a backpack, and I have my carry-on bag, which is on the smaller side for carry-on bags. So yeah, if I can jam up all the essentials into those two bags, 
that's pretty minimal considering that I am in a home with plenty of room and a lot more stuff that I'm not taking. But these bags are packed to the brim. And the anxiety crept into thinking, am I bringing too much? Do I need all of this stuff? Did I waste my money buying some of these things? Oh my gosh, they're so packed. I can barely close them. How am I going to bring anything home if I want to? You know, And then this disappointment sunk in of thinking, wow, all this planning and it didn't turn out as I hoped. And what if something goes wrong? And my brain was like, what if, what if, what if? And that's very recent. This is just in the past few hours. I do feel proud that I recorded the video, but then I also started going down this path of, wow, people are going to judge me for all of this stuff. You know, I'm afraid of being judged for all the sensory stuff I'm bringing on board. I talked about this in the previous episode, like my hug sleep pod and the uh, blow up sleep pillow and these things that are, quote, extreme, as I mentioned, and my fears around that, not only the people witnessing me on the airplane, but what if the people on TikTok or wherever else judge me and write mean comments and my fears started coming up for that. And then just wondering, like, what if somebody thinks that I'm so extreme with COVID, even as I'm talking in this episode, I'm afraid of being judged for that. And I really covered this last week, but a lot of those emotions have just been carrying through with me. And it's heavy. It's really heavy. And then that on top of all sorts of intensity. I mean, certainly the challenge with a day like July 4th, the day that I'm recording this is the heaviness, the timing with the Roe v. Wade decision. And earlier today, there was another mass shooting out in Illinois that's heartbreaking. And then having conversations about how hard the fireworks are on animals. And someone was saying how awful it is because many animals have to be put down or they're, they're putting themselves in harm's way doing to that. And I just felt like the heaviness. And I hope that I'm not passing that on to you. But if I am, I completely understand if you want to move on because it's tough, right? But I also think it's so important to talk about these things, to share them, not just to get them off our own chests, but to share with others how we're feeling in case they're feeling the same way, but struggling to verbalize it. So if you are, I hope you can imagine yourself walking through this with me or imagine yourself holding space for me if that makes you feel good or considering what triggers do you have in the sense. Now, the other big thing I want to share with you is, again, connected, but simultaneously unrelated. (laughs) So the connection is the anxiety. I noticed probably a week or so ago that I've had this pattern of really disturbing dreams. In fact, it's also connected to what I just said about animals on the 4th of July. I have this reoccurring moment in dreams where I find out that I have neglected to take care of animals. It very commonly is centered around me being hired or volunteering to help somebody while they're out of town and I'm looking after their animals. It's such a specific thing, especially since I haven't done anything like that in a long time. When I was in high school, I actually used to do a lot of house sitting, dog sitting and babysitting. I used to do dog walking when I was in college and, and after college. And I loved that sort of work. I love animals. And 
actually, once I got Evie, that kind of shifted because it became more complex for me to look after certain animals with her. But it's interesting how this storyline is played out in my head. And it's so intense that I usually wake up, shoot out of bed, and actually will start to go try to save this animal. I've talked about in the past how I have sleepwalking, which often is me reenacting something or waking up in a pure panic and not knowing if my dream was real or not. Usually with this type of dream, I am so convinced that it's actually happening and either jumped out of bed and just stood or or sat down and just sat there feeling awful. Like, oh my gosh, this animal's either injured or this animal is no longer alive because I neglected it. Or I have gotten out of bed and left the bedroom and started like going towards where I think this animal is. And I noticed that I've been having those types of dreams for probably 10 years. I remember them in some other places I've lived. So I was able to kind of go through my timeline. And I finally decided to sit down and try to figure out what these dreams meant. Now, when I was younger, I used to be really into dream meaning. And over time, I started to wonder, is dream meaning kind of similar to a horoscope where it's like kind of made up just to make somebody feel good? And no judgment to horoscopes. I guess calling it made up is, is a judgment. But I tend to not believe in horoscopes as much. They feel usually used to make money from somebody. But certainly there must be some people who could actually predict or better understand human behavior through astrology. So again, let please put my personal judgments aside. Um, if you believe in that, no judgment towards you. But for me, I wonder, I'm skeptical of some of these dream interpretations. However, when I started looking up the meaning behind these dreams I was having and this reoccurring theme, I found some really interesting things. So I'm going to pull up my notes and read some of them to you in real time. The other thing that has coincided with these dreams is forgetting things. So when I was trying to type into the search to narrow down or describe my dreams, I remembered how I also have had reoccurring dreams of losing things, of not being responsible, of not being prepared. Somebody like, for example, breaking into my home and or coming into my home, not necessarily breaking in, but like coming into my home and I'm not dressed. I'm like still in my pajamas or naked or someone coming in and my place is a mess. I've had that dream a bunch. I've also had dreams of like leaving something behind and I'll, similar to the animal dreams, I'll shoot up in bed and panic like, oh my gosh, I left my wallet behind. Or I for a while was having these reoccurring dreams of like a forgotten storage unit, I think, or leaving things behind in an old apartment and like forgetting to pick them up. And these dreams feel so, so real that when I wake up, I feel like I'm sitting there forever in full belief uh, that that it's happened. You know, like my consciousness is slowly or I'm slowly coming out of that dream. I don't know if you've experienced this. I guess a lot of people have, you know, when you wake up and you have a brief moment where you feel like your dream is real and then suddenly you realize 
oh, that was just a dream. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a sad thing. You wish that that dream had been real. I guess that's a very common experience. But from my research, I don't think these panicked reactions in the extreme way that I have it. I mean, I will sit up and yell. I will flail about. I'll move about. I'll start sleepwalking, all of that. And I can feel my body and my brain like trying to figure it out, like what's going on in those stages of belief versus reality. So I tried to figure out how do I phrase this so I can get some support? One of the things I typed in was reoccurring dreams about neglect. And I think that term neglect came out of some other searches. I think I was typing in things like forgetful or loss, losing something or losing someone neglected pets, caring for animals and neglected pets, uh, neglected animals. These are all some of the, the terms I was picking up. And wow, these are fascinating. I also typed in dead animal dream. It was fascinating. As I was searching for these things, I even found results of people on platforms like, is it Quora? Is that how you pronounce it? Q-U-O-R-A. Uh, One of them is, I have a recurring dream in which I suddenly realize I've forgotten to feed my pets. Often I've forgotten for weeks. This is one of the exact things that I've thought of. In fact, I feel like I just had this dream in the past few days, but I don't remember any sleepwalking around it. But I have like been convinced that some animal under my care hasn't been tended to. So they're just wherever trapped wherever they are without food or water and sometimes I go and discover them and I think my brain will wake me up before I can see them in really bad shape I think that's it's almost like uh, what they say about how you rarely will die in your dream because you'll wake up before you die I, I don't know if that's a myth but I don't recall ever dying in a dream so maybe it is true another subject. But I think that my brain, the fear of seeing this animal no longer alive is so intense that that's the point where I will wake up. So it's interesting that other people are feeling this as well. So I'm going to share with you some of the different interpretations. First, I'll go to this website, dreamlookup.com. I'll link to all of these websites if you're curious too, if you want to go do some research or read more about what I'm talking about. And then this one, it said dreams related to pets. And they have this whole, like, what's the term, list of all different things. So buying a pet, your existing pet dying. So let's go to that one, for example. I don't think I've had this about Evie, but maybe I'll get some clues here. Envisioning the death of a beloved pet is a subconscious reaction to doubts and fears from your waking mind. You may feel uneasy or worried that something bad is about to happen, either due to certain indications or a general pessimistic attitude. In either case, your preoccupation with this concern is unlikely to be beneficial and could at worst hinder you or hurt the situation further. That's interesting, right? I mean, certainly, as I've already disclosed here and in many other episodes, I do have doubts and fears. I do often feel uneasy or worried about something bad happening. I wouldn't say that I'm generally pessimistic, though. It's just kind of fearful. Let's see. Another example on dreamlookup.com is a pet needing your attention, although that doesn't really apply. Let's see here. 
that there's a lot of <laughs> pet related. This one, here we go. Un- undernourished pets. Dreaming that your pets look malnourished or undernourished is normally interpreted as a neutral symbol. It carries a possible indication of a change in your future likely related to your career. I don't know about that one. Okay, another one, accidentally killing your pet. Oof, just saying that out loud, it brings me (laughs) uncomfortable feelings. That will mean, such as they, they give the example of forgetting to feed it, it indicates a period of time rife with misfortune and negative emotions. Great. You could find yourself the victim of bad luck on multiple occasions, often getting into accidents or being passed over for praise and recognition. This would be the source of great sadness and frustration. Now, since I've been having these dreams off and on for the past, let's say, 10 years, I can't attribute that to a period of time with misfortune and negative emotions. I mean, I feel like I've had lots of fortune over the past 10 years, and my emotions balance each other out quite well. But this part about being passed over for praise and recognition is something that I've struggled with throughout my life. I often crave validation. I want people to acknowledge me. That's huge. I like getting recognized for things. I feel upset if I work really hard on something or I do something that I feel like is good and I'm not recognized for it. So maybe that can relate. I mean, this website... Okay, I'm going to link to this one. I highly recommend it if you ever have dreams related to pets, like whether or not this is that accurate or not. I don't know. On another site, dreamsopedia.com talks about forgetting to feed animals. So I guess I'm not alone because this seems fairly common. That refers to your flexibility and your ability to blend and adapt in various situations. You want to create your own path and do things your way. You're going around in a loop. The dream is a premonition from the unrealistic goals you have for yourself. You're incorporating your new realizations with your spiritual feelings and knowledge. Hmm. I don't know about this, but it does break it down. Forget in your dream stands for involvement in deeply painful relationships or unhealthy, destructive behaviors. You are feeling hurt by the little things that may seem insignificant. Ooh. That for sure, I am often feeling hurt about things that seem insignificant to other people. You feel that you're doing the work while others are not pulling their own weight. Have definitely felt that before and fairly recently too. Your dream is a sign for secrets and confusion. You're refusing or rejecting some advice. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that one. Huh. Okay. Huh. There's this term too, dreaming of forget and fee an animal. What does fee mean? Feed? Maybe this website meant to say feed? I'm not sure. Hmm. A little skeptical about that one. Okay. The Quora one, there's just a bunch of people writing about this. Some people think that forgetting to feed pets is related to, let's see here, procrastination, putting off taking care of important things. I certainly struggle with procrastination, but I don't think it's just procrastination. It's that I'm afraid of the consequences of procrastinating something. I mean, I'm afraid in general of forgetting to do things. and That's a huge part of my anxiety right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if tonight I have one of these types of dreams. I'll link to this Quora article too, because there's a lot of of just random people writing about this. 
I think this website, there's one website that's really in-depth. It's backofthebrain.com that gets into Carl Jung's Descent into the Unconscious. And I think I came across this from a different website. I'm going to skip over this for now, but I will link to it because, oh yes. So backofthebrain.com had another article that was written in from somebody about a menagerie of wild animals in the backyard. And and this person was interpreting dreams. And yeah, I think I read a couple articles from this person here. It was kind of interesting. Things like animals being in captivities or captivity for exhibition can mean maybe not feeling physically well. Animals can reference your physical and instinctual self. If they're thirsty, it can be related to something that you might be feeling thirsty for. That's kind of interesting. And the article also gets into wild nature demanding attention. I like the phrasing of this back to the brain site that was also linking to that Carl Jung piece and how the absence of water Hmm, dehydration can be a symptom of sickness, but it can also be about our cells and our muscles. Okay. The deeper meaning of water being central to life. So if an animal is dehydrated, maybe you're needing to reconnect with life force in some way. That's what I mean. Some of these interpretations get really deep into this. Oh, yes. Okay. The first time I found backofthebrain.com, was actually in response to what Lena Dunham wrote about in her memoir. And she shared a reoccurring dream that she had. And this is actually kind of similar to mine. Lena said that she would remember that she has a number of pets living in her home that she hadn't tended to for years. And she would open the door and find them completely neglected and be afraid that they have passed away, but she'll still find them alive, but barely alive. And I'm not sure, again, if I get to that point in my dreams, but I wouldn't be surprised. So the back of the brain person who writes this, I don't know what their name is, Satya, I think, is this the website owner, really broke this down. So I'm going to read more about this. Hmm. Well, I guess Lena has has wondered about it being related to having kids and not being sure of being able to take care of it because you're too busy trying to survive, being afraid of your ability to care for babies. But Satya seems to think that these dreams are related to more subtler parts of yourself. For example, how animals are these sweet creatures that live in in home with you that depend on your conscious self for survival. And Satya encourages you to think about the symbolism for your whole being. What are those parts of you that have become so neglected, undernourished, and unseen? Ooh, that's always a really good question, right? Neglected undernourished and unseen. And that ties into the other part I read earlier from a different site about feeling unseen. Hmm. The persistent, undeniable demands of one's animal nature in modern life. We need more attention and awareness. 
The dream can suggest that you let your self-care slide and you're terrified to face that neglect. I don't know about that for me, but it would be interesting. Like maybe I do on some level have that fear. You know, for example, I'll often get into a place of feeling like I put on weight and that's my responsibility and I didn't take the best care of myself. Even my food sensitivities, like tonight I'm eating something with soy in it, knowing it's not going to feel good. So am I neglecting what I really need or am I burdening myself with judgment over food or self-care physically when really, usually when I make those decisions, I'm doing it for my mental health, my emotional self-care. And that's why... I feel confident in those decisions. Hmm. Satya also says, if you ever see a suffering animal, pay attention, ask what it needs and don't run away. And that's something fascinating for me in my dreams, though. I don't really feel like I have an opportunity to ask what these animals need. Usually I am feeling terrified of somebody's reaction. Like I let down somebody. I think there's a big theme in that, that for me. It's it's not that I'm fully yeah. in charge of this animal. I think a lot of times it's somebody else's animal that I neglected to take care of. So I wonder, is it coming out of this deep fear that I'm not doing enough for other people, that I'm not doing a good job for other people, that I've neglected them, that I've been selfish? You know, as I mentioned, A lot of times when I procrastinate, that's a form of self-care for me because maybe I feel overwhelmed or burnt out, so I'm taking a break. That's part of the anxiety I'm feeling today too. It's a Monday and it's a holiday, but I still feel like the weight of a typical Monday on my shoulders today and I feel all this time pressure preparing for this trip and I'm worried that I'm going to forget something or make a mistake with something. And so I think that's part of this for me and Maybe not so much these self-neglect interpretations as well as needing more attention or awareness. While those are common themes for me, I don't know if that's what these dreams mean. Another website, BellaOnline.com, writes about caring for pets, neglecting pets, and the dream symbolism of that. It starts off by saying that animals often represent parts of ourselves. They may represent those aspects of ourselves that are more familiar, parts of ourselves that are easier to acknowledge. Just what is being represented depends on the animal. For me, they're all sorts of animals. I've had this dream about dogs, cats. I feel like maybe some other types of animals. I can't even name them off the top of my head. I feel like horses were involved. I grew up with horses, so maybe that makes sense. Um, On the Bella Online website, there's a section about neglected pets and dreams, how it's very common, uh, especially forgetting to feed the pet, forgetting that one has a pet. I've actually had that dream where (laughs) fairly recently, I dreamt that like I had a a bunch of kittens, I think, and they were all like stuffed away in, in a drawer at my home and I forgot about them. Ooh, just thinking about that gives me this awful feeling. Um, that dream is usually accompanied by panic, embarrassment, or sheer horror, depending according to this Bella online. Another one is that it's made an unconsciousable, is that the right? Unconscionable irreparable mistake that has resulted in the injury of someone's something one dearly loves. Yes. 
Dreams of this sort usually indicate feelings of not living up to one's responsibilities or feeling that one is failing in an area of life one considers important. This to me feels like the most likely meaning for my dreams. They may also symbolize feelings of neglecting some aspect of oneself, as the other websites have pointed out, um, meaning like something's being ignored that may be worthy of developing. These dreams are indications that the creative impulse is demanding attention, even at the cost of sacrificing practicality. Hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good at taking care of my creativity, prioritizing that, but... Yeah, it's got to be this responsibility, not living up to it. That's huge. Hmm. Okay. A few more articles. Let's see here. Well, as I mentioned, sometimes I dream about forgetting something or losing something valuable. One website, dreamsymbolism.info, has a page about forgotten or lost purse. And this person wrote about how it's an odd dream. They go somewhere, leave, and then realize they forgot their purse. They would go back to find it, but couldn't. Ooh, (laughs) this is interesting. I guess this interpretation was related to someone who was suffering from a lung disease and would often get very tired and sick. At work, which is also very important to her, she was taking time off and she knew she would be fired. These dreams, let's see, can be related to these life changes. In some senses, losing a purse could relate to the loss of income that would result in her being fired. After all, a purse contains money. A purse connects with money, but is also linked to personal possessions. Money and dreams can symbolize things that are valuable to us. It could be an identity that's being lost. This is fascinating. Hmm. In this sense, in the case of this dream, It refers to the dreamer having to confront major life changes and having to restore her sense of identity and self-worth. Wow. Interesting. Dreams are just fascinating. Well, one last website I will refer to before I wrap this up is checkmydream.com. And this was about forgetting things. In a dream, uh, on the opinion of a large number of dream books, according to the site, is a symbol of the fact that at the moment, not everything goes smoothly with your self-organization. <laughs> yep. Although some interpreters claim that this plot speaks of relieving from or speaks of relieving from the burden of problems and worries. It's interesting. Weird wording. Um, according to Miller, you, if not only forget your Yeah, this doesn't feel super well written, so I apologize. Um, You don't just forget your stuff, but do not remember where it happened. This is a symbol of a pleasant purchase. Um, And it goes into some specifics, like certain things that you might lose. Property could be a signal that you're missing something important in a hurry. Hmm. This website... (laughs) (laughs) is pretty confusing. Um, So I'm not going to go more into that. I think there seems to be like a lost in translation type of thing happening here. But I would say my big takeaway is that my dreams seem to be representing losing something of value, being afraid that I'm going to miss out on opportunities or lose income perhaps neglecting part of myself, being afraid of panic, embarrassment, horror, or feeling that deep down, perhaps. It could be the fear of making a bad mistake 
that impacts somebody else. It could also be nourishment, not nourishing myself or taking care of my needs, taking care of my instincts, my creativity. I think though, where was that one article? I mean, that line, I think that most resonated from me. Maybe not the exact reason I have these dreams, but perhaps that that neglect, undernourished and unseen is playing a big role for me. If you happen to be someone that likes to interpret dreams or has resources, I would love to hear your thoughts. What do you think? Why do you think that I am having these dreams? If you're someone that wants to share that with me, I would love to hear it. You can send me an email or send me a direct message on social media under at Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R, or my personal accounts, which are under at Wit Lauritsen, W-H-I-T-L-A-U-R-I-T-S-E-N. And my email is on both wellevator.com as well as WhitneyLauritsen.com. Very easy to find both emails and get in touch. And you can also come join Beyond Measure and share it with me in real time during one of our live calls. Uh, that's the huge component of Beyond Measure. It's the opportunity to just hang out in real time and chat with each other. So however you want to get in touch, if you have a book or a website you want to share that could help me get to the bottom of this. Certainly something I want to bring it up in therapy. I'm currently on hold with my insurance trying to get a new therapist sorted out. And uh, this is something I'd love to hear a professional's opinion on. Uh, so if I get some more answers, I will also share that with you whenever they, that comes about. So that's it for today. I'm going to wrap this up and go enjoy my uh, 4th of July evening and see if I can release some of the anxiety. I, I definitely feel better talking about it. I think that I enjoy podcasting because I like to share and I like to process verbally. So thank you for holding space for me. Thank you for being part of this technically one-sided conversation. This is why I really welcome your feedback, your response so that we can keep a dialogue going. This is also exactly why I created Beyond Measure. I think of it kind of like a live podcast, except it's not just me talking, it's you and other people. And we're, we're all kind of exploring things like today's subject matter. So again, the websites I mentioned today, Beyond Measure, the uh, loop earplugs and Anything else I mentioned that has all been compiled into the show notes and the resources of this episode at wellevator.com. If you go to the podcast section, it has every single episode transcribed with all the links there to make it really easy for you to find what you're looking for. So I hope you check that out. I'd love to hear from you. And I can't wait to share more with you. In the next episode, I'm going to share, I think some more details on the retreat I'm going to. Um, and then I'll after, after I get back, we'll be sharing all of the details about what that was like, as well as my time in Singapore. Fingers crossed that I make it there and back without getting COVID. I think right. like, I feel, I don't know that COVID is inevitable for everybody. Um, because if you take if you go do things like flying internationally, certainly it's it's harder to prevent. But my hope is that I can just complete those trips. And if I get it, that I get it when I come back and I can rest. Although that terrifies me too. I imagine if I got COVID, 
my anxiety about not being able to complete things would be so high. This is actually one of the big reasons I don't want to get COVID. There's, well, there's, of course, long COVID scares me. I feel like I've struggled so much with things like food sensitivities and gut issues that like, I don't want to add any other physical issues to my body if I can prevent it. But I think it's also the anxiety I would feel taking however many days off to recover. Maybe that's just capitalism speaking. But for someone like me who works for my, I mean, I'm freelance, you know, my clients are all dependent on me and taking time off from multiple clients. It's not like I just call into one job and say, hey, I'm taking the week off. If I could even do that, I don't get paid time off as a freelancer and having to coordinate time off with all these different clients I have right now just sounds like a nightmare. So I'm trying to be excited about the destinations and the experiences I'm going to have without letting the whole COVID fears get in the way. But I will certainly have a lot to report to you. I will tell you all about (laughs) my journey there and back. I will tell you all about the experiences in, in both locations, wherever I make it. And I'm looking forward to being on the other side of this. So until then, I'm wishing you all the very best with your own journeys, whether they're emotional, physical, uh, whatever it may be. I hope you're just having a wonderful, wonderful day, week, month, etc. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.